source for antisocial commentary. Uh, this is part two of the holiday show spectacular. I always look forward to these wonderful shows. <laughs> uh, we have some special guests here, uh, not in the studio, but over Skype. We have John Steele and Lance Wackerly. What's up, you guys? Not much. Merry What's up with you? Merry, yeah, Merry Hanukkah. Happy Christmas there. Um, you guys have big uh, Christmas plans, Steele? You spending Christmas with uh, the Warsaw family again? <laughs> you know it. <laughs> sent me the input in the mail the other day. I'm not talking email. I'm talking actual mail. Have Have you ever done that? Have you ever actually spent Christmas or went to his house on Christmas or were caroling there? Uh, I have never <laughs> been to his house on Christmas, Halloween, uh, Hanukkah, St. Patrick's Day. I've never been to the Warsaw house. In fact, I don't even know if he has. A, I don't know where he lives. I don't know if he lives at like home with his family or if they got him a home somewhere. I have no idea where he's at. Yeah, in I don't a home. Even... Yeah, find him <laughs> it's a different night. meaning when you say a home, right? Like lives in yes. a home for special people. Kessler told me one time that uh, I think it was like he was because Doug Warsaw was on the wrestling team, and uh, he never yes. won. He never won except for one match where I guess there was no one else in his weight class, so he won like a medal that year, and he wore it all the time. Um, but, uh, he was telling me that they were going to like an away meet and Doug never showed up at school. So they went over to Doug's house to find out where he, where he went, where he was. And, uh, it was like probably 7am and they knock on the door and Doug answers the door completely naked. Like he gets up off a couch in the living room and answers the door completely naked. And they're like, Whoa. And then Doug's dad comes to the door. He's like, what's going on? And he's also naked. So I, I don't know. It's a weird family. So they're all <laughs> genetically similar. Is that what you're trying to say? It's not like. <laughs> they're actually not. I mean, I mean, it's. Uh, his brother is nothing like him. He's like completely opposite. His brother was in the army and shit. Or Are you one telling of the military me this is yet another D. Simon fabrication? <laughs> no, it's, I'm not <laughs> saying his story. brother looks like him. I was just saying, I just remember the story from Kessler. Mm. But Yeah, well, consider the source. But yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. From another guy. So, oh. Is his brother also a herpetite? Uh, I've never, <laughs> I, I would not know that the answer to that. I've, I've only, the only reason I know that Dougie has a very small member is because he used to whip it out at parties all the time. Well, you and guys, ask, you want some of this? And he'd, he'd put his hand down there and shake it around. 
And uh, then, of course, after the fact, after that, when we had the podcast, they came on and whipped it out live on air for everybody in the studio that night. So, yeah, so uh, you've seen his penis. You're acquainted with it at least once or twice. Oh, several times. I I, there was several. Every party he was ever at in my late teens and early twenties, his dick was out at some point, (laughs) trying to turn ladies, of course. So uh, what about Martin? Do you go see uh, Mike Martin's family on the holiday? Does Martin invite you over for like Boxing Day, Christmas dinner or something? Well, I don't know what the goys do. Uh, I have not been over. I, I haven't seen Martin in three or four years. I, I haven't seen anybody. I don't, I, I, I work and I literally am, am, I'm pretty much like Ted Kaczynski, except I don't have a, an outhouse in the woods and I don't know how to make bombs, but I'm pretty much as reclusive as he ever was. <laughs> you just he also had a PhD in, in mathematics, by the way. That's another thing you probably, unless I, I, probably, you about, I don't know. Still got kicked out of Ferris, so that's close. Kicked out of Ferris with a zero point zero grade point average. <laughs> Do they give me a PhD? Looking out the door, I don't. So wait, Steel. I recall. I think it might have been the last time you were on the show, or we did Fistful of Steel. You were saying that you went to a holiday party. Um, or not Halloween. Halloween party. Sorry, Halloween party. You went to a Halloween party dressed up as what was it? What was it? What did you go as again? Or the uproarious laughter in Christine Blasey Ford's hippocampus. Or <laughs> 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 some were very insulted by that gossip. After I, of course, I explained what it was because they didn't know what the fuck it was. I don't think anyone would. But so you went to a Halloween uh, party this year, which seems to be a you know a bit out of your typical routine. So are you going to any holiday parties, or have you been to any yet? I have not been to any, and, and quite frankly, I don't think I'm on anybody's uh, mailing list. I don't get I get one Christmas card a year, and it's from a uh, type two diabetic who used to who's a good friend of the Martins. He's uh, in fact you might know him, Robert. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but. He used to be on our show all the time. He was about 300 pounds. He has type 2 diabetes. And uh, he and his family send me a Christmas card every year, and that's the only Christmas card I get. So I'm on nobody's holiday Christmas li- or you know party list, so I'm not getting a lot of invites. I don't even get invites to those awful, ugly sweater parties that everybody's involved in now, which I can't stand and wouldn't participate in even if I wasn't. <laughs> but. Do you, you don't have an office for the PI work? You don't have like private investigator office or anything? We don't do. Uh, we're spread all over the state. We, yeah, it's a pretty much a loner job. Nobody wants. No, we, we don't want to get get together. I mean, it's like it's just it's one more day. You, you, you should go have nog with the people you have to surveil. <laughs> like, hello, buddy. I, you, I've been out here all all year long in your front yard in my, in my car watching you. That would be Here's much some more- mistletoe. Yeah, but I, nothing worse than the office Christmas party get together stuff. I don't know how some people do it. Like, some- oh no, I have to go to one tonight. In fact, and oh, I'm you dreading it tonight. Yeah, I was wondering about you. Usually do don't you do one that like at your boss's home? No. Oh, that's but good. It, it, it used to be very elaborate, and this year they've toned it down. But I'm still dreading going. Wait, why did they, is it is it because they just don't want to do a big or they just forgot to schedule or plan some big event? <laughs> no, it's it's money issues. Oh, yeah. They don't have the money to spend this year. Yeah, that's the same thing with uh, my company. They because it's uh, because they, they I don't know if Scientologists don't drink or whatever, but they don't have booze. They so they wouldn't have like an evening holiday party with booze. So what they typically do is every year they run out the El Capitan Theater, which is like down in Hollywood next to like where Jimmy Kimmel performs or Jimmy Kimmel does a show, and they rent out the first 
like air or showing of Star Wars, like the first Star Wars movie. And so this year, maybe, I don't know, I guess there's no Star Wars movie. So they're just like, ah, no holiday party for you guys. Sorry. It didn't even say anything about it. Hmm. I um, wish that would happen at my work. Oh, I'm I mean, stoked. I would, I would be thrilled. No holiday party. Amen, brother. I fucking hate it. That would be that would be my new favorite Christmas miracle. <laughs> America fabric of corporate America. So I don't experience a lot of these holiday parties. Like I said, the companies I've worked for the last at least twenty years haven't had anything of that nature. All I know is when I see people going to holiday parties and sometimes I'll be at a bar where some company's holding a holiday party and like the you know, they reserve a room in the side of the bar or the restaurant or whatever, and it just looks like an awful time and something that I would not want to be a part of. Well, and here's the thing that pisses me off. You know, have you – Steel, you probably haven't. But, you know, if you if you watch, like, Mad Men or – I was even watching an episode of The Monsters. And, like, back <laughs> in the 40s and 50s at Christmas parties, like, people would be fucking banging each other and just getting – falling down drunk. I mean, that's where the – I think the original lampshade on the head, came, you know, concept came from. And, like, oh. like it was just debauchery. Uh, but now it's nothing like that. Well, you in don't – Day yeah. and age. Well, also in this day oh, and age, get... if you do something like that, then you're gonna get me tooed, and you're probably gonna get right. like right. fired yeah, for like sexual back then, harassment. Like you know, you you'd like you just you'd fuck your secretary at the Christmas party, you know, because and nobody would say anything about it the next day. But now you even go in and stare at a chick's tits. You're on the me too list. Exactly. <laughs> it's a lost. It's a lost day and age. Yeah, it's a it's a bygone era, which maybe is for the best, but I don't know. <laughs> probably be because that's the thing it's like all these guys that engage in this behavior are now paying millions of dollars once they get uh you know once they get outed by the me too movement later on but yeah those old office christmas parties are just like i don't know just a me too nightmare christmas party also uh when that you know because some companies actually hold them at like they have a big enough office or a big enough corporate space a lot of them hold them like right in the office is the office christmas party also responsible for the xeroxing of a bare ass and genitals is oh, that of course that's, yeah yeah well that, yeah. that's all part of the office shenanigans after you're too drunk on nog yeah. i mean right. i think that was the end of the era like like in the 50s they didn't have a xerox machine they had right. a mimeograph but and then as soon as the xerox came out the crazy parties were still going on yes people were yeah you know xeroxing their open fucking hole i don't know if some, anybody yeah. cleaned that thing off the next day and then but, in the 90s they were able to f like go to the fax machine and fax a picture of their dick to another <laughs> off party Right. The rival, the Faxing. rival insurance company. Wackily, have you ever been to Clifton's, that bar downtown in L.A.? Uh, describe it to me. It's called Clifton's Cafeteria. It was an old, like, cafeteria back in, like, the 50s, but it had, like, a tiki theme and a bunch of weird, like, animatronic animals in there. This and is they, the one that's four stories tall or whatever? Yeah, and it's got a big redwood now. So some, I, I forget what, what bar hipster owner guys bought it, but they like redid it, and it's no longer a cafeteria. Now it's kind of a fancy restaurant, but with four levels of bars. Well, I think it was like two years. It's a, it's a cool place, overpriced drinks, but it's kind of a cool, cool spot to see. Uh, but uh, I think it was like two years ago, me and a coworker were downtown. And we were at some show at the region, and then we were walking back, and we saw like, you know, Clifton's had like a bunch of people outside and so we kind of walked by it and just sort of walked in and crashed someone's company holiday party and like there are a bunch of people out there just 
just drinking and smoking and we just kind of walked in and we're the only, I mean, I was just wearing like a leather jacket and a t-shirt because I mean, we just went to a show. Everybody else is wearing like, you know, fancy holiday stuff, but no one said anything. So we just kind of walked in and just started drinking free drinks and uh, we're hanging out and I was surprised. I mean, this is a, I think it was an advertising agency. So a lot of younger people, but they were like, there were people full on hooking up in the booths. I mean, they had rented out the whole bar. But there are people. Oh, so this does. So everything I was complaining about that doesn't happen anymore does still happen, just not at my lame company. A- apparently, so not at any lame company I've ever worked for either. I was I was stunned. I was like, wow. So this kind of does still happen. I mean, there's tons of hmm. hot chicks. Everyone's getting wasted. People are going up like you know in the bathroom and doing blow and then fucking. Well, like, it's probably not. Crazy. I mean, the 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 thing that the you know the '50s people would have loved to have that we have now that they they didn't have back then is ecstasy, which would make that uh, um, exactly. That would have made that, it all you know? like a lot more fun. But yeah, I was I was surprised it still goes on. Anyway, um, so uh, you guys, we have a uh, a phone call that came in uh, from a listener who um, here, well, let me play it. Ho ho ho! Merry Christmas. I'd like to wish a very sick and wrong Christmas to D. Simon, Lance Wackerly, and John Steele. And uh, it was the night of my holiday party, and I'm sick as a dog, but I'm feeling all right. Yes, yes, yes. And I wanted to know, what is the Christmas miracle you're most thankful for this year? Happy sick and wrong. Goodbye. Steele, what, what is your favorite christmas miracle yeah my favorite christmas miracle i i think we've discussed it a million times on the show i don't know if it it bears repeating but i mean my favorite christmas miracle is the birth of my black baby from my white girlfriend a couple days before christmas in 1997 i i think we've discussed this pretty much every holiday show we've done for the past few years maybe past seven years because i remember the one year it was a really emotional a show where you kind of like, you know, got through the tears of describing the story. And uh, that, and then that, since then, I think we brought it up every year. So it's kind of like the birth of Jesus in a way, but a black baby. It's a tradition that we celebrate. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> a, <laughs> the immaculate have... <laughs> melanin injection. <laughs> Do you have any contact with the baby? Uh, no, I'm assuming it's in prison by now. It's black. <laughs> <laughs> Probably 18 or whatever now, over 18 by now, 20 almost. What would you do if he somehow tracked you down and he was like, I think you're my real father because your sperm was also probably mixed in with the sperm of the the black man who fucked your ex-wife. So I wonder if if he tracked you down and wanted to live with you in the dorm room. That could be. It would be really funny, by the way, just to interject, if if he did show up and he was like a black man, but just looked exactly like Steel with the long (laughs) goatee and... Bald head. So it's like I'm your son, and you're like, no, you're not, and everybody just says, yeah, he is. Just, just mean, bug eyes, just his eyes all bugged out. I'm your son. A duster. <laughs> I'd take him in with open arms if that was the case. <laughs> Let me just say, the scenario you're saying, if my black baby were to come to my doorstep and want, you're basically making it sound like this is the the updated version of different strokes. I'm going to be like the Philip Drummond taking in the black. <laughs> exactly. Or actually, I'd rather be the poor man's Philip Drummond and be the Alex Karras from the TV show Webster. <laughs> I'll allow it. I, I think that would work. What I actually punky, think this would be an what, amazing sitcom. Was Brewster adopted also? 
Yeah, but she wasn't adopt. It wasn't interracial adoption. It was just white on white adoption, which is the worst kinds of adoption. And plus, it's also one of the most uh, difficult to actually obtain. Um, you got to wait a long time for that, I believe. Um, Where are you? Bruce, the one that turned out to be kind of hot when she got older. Am I thinking of? Uh... Uh, Punky Brewster was the one who got, I guess, gigantic tits, but yeah. then she had to produce like a moron. I know. It was one of the worst things a woman could do is a breast reduction, and she did it. Uh, yeah, it was it was a terrible day. Um, so, Steele, like, if, uh, you know, this would be a great sitcom. You know, have the black kid come back, live with Steele. You guys would just kind of get to learn, you know, you know, learn about each other. I, I get to learn jive talk, and I get to teach him <laughs> whatever white people teach black people. You can teach him how to be a Balance weird a old semi-racist recluse. That'd be great. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoy that. Or is that going to air on Spike? <laughs> I would, if, I, if Sick and Wrong had a channel, like if we were producing our own content, like, well, other than a podcast, like a TV show, a sitcom, I think we'd air it for sure. It might work oh. as a radio play. You know, <laughs> weekly installments. They do these drama, like what? these podcast dramas now like welcome to night vale so it could be Good like Lord. you know welcome to the dorm you know the sv with the saginaw valley dorm <laughs> that was a christmas miracle though so you've never spoken to the woman again either have you oh i haven't seen her in uh well since about shortly after that time period yeah 20 some years whatever it is you know uh i was reading this story wackley you might have heard about this guy he um I guess he he got a Christmas gift from a girlfriend in 1971 on the day she broke up with him. She wanted to give it to him and break up with him. And he never opened it. And he just opened it this year. You heard about this? See, he held the gift. <laughs> Not, I, haven't, I haven't been perusing the holiday-themed uh, uh, feel-good stories now, so I haven't. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, and the guy like went on, got married to a new wife, had kids and everything, and like it was a big event. Yeah, we talked about it last week, but it was like a big event, and then the, uh, the ex-wife was there, and um, the ex-wife— But to open the present? Well, yeah, like the ex-wife was there, and, and like t- to come to the opening, and a bunch of people, like they did stage this like dramatic thing. Wait, wait, wait. When she gave it to him, was he not supposed to open it for 20 years or something? No, she gave it to him, broke it, broke up with him. And he was like so distraught that he didn't open it up. And he thought that maybe you know, next time he saw her and they get back together, he'd open it up and then they would uh, you know, open it together. And then it became so just like, let, let me I, I want I want to make sure I understand this faggotry. <laughs> so he broke up with some girl like what, t- 20 years ago, 10 years ago. She broke up with him in 1971. They broke up. It's 1971. She gave, oh, longer than that. I mean, that's like fucking 40 years ago. Yeah. She gave him a gift. He didn't open it. Then he sees it 40 years later and he calls the ex-girlfriend to come over to fu- so he can fucking open the gift in, in at some kind of a celebration. What? What? No. So what? Okay. Who well, has this kind close. Of time? Yeah. Exactly. That's what, that, what we were talking about it last week, and I was I was really upset about it. I've gotten over it now, but um, no, no. So what happened is he he had the gift, and then it became a tradition every year. He'd put the gift under the tree and just not open it. And last year, some dipshit reporter did a feel-good story about him. And how he still had the gift unopened from this girl he dated in high school in 1971. And I guess the, the, the girl he dated was like, oh my God, I can't believe you still have that. And then they coordinated this year to do an opening of the gift. And it was like an event. 
And she came on and, and was like hanging out with his family and everything. And then they opened the gift. I mean, I, I I hope the end of this is that it's like when Geraldo Rivera opened fucking Al Capone's vault and it was just completely like a huge letdown. <laughs> well, it was a, I think it was like a, I don't know, a flashlight or something that she gave him. They didn't like, have flashlights flesh- in 1971. <laughs> <laughs> like a wobbling. I don't know what it was. I didn't read what it was, but I was really fucking pissed off just to hear the story. So I was this this media person does this investigative journalism to bring you this feel good story, and they didn't even follow it to its proper conclusion and determine what was in the fucking package. No, I just didn't read the end of the story because I was so incensed. (laughs) Reporting, I was so upset about it that I was like, "Fuck it!" I mean, you know, and and yeah, I just I, I didn't read it. I was just annoyed. And I was just annoyed that someone would do this. Jewish people would never do that. Something a Jew would never do. But I was wondering if your ex-wife got you a gift, steal that you've kept, like wrapped up in the dorm room, and you look at it every year while you're watching Bronson movies, and like a solitary tear comes down your eye. No? Uh, the only <laughs> thing my girlfriend ever gave me that, you know that I can even remember the gifts they gave me. Crabs I got twice. I remember those. those were nice gifts. I enjoyed those thoroughly. Uh, the pharmacist enjoyed them immensely because it was fucking hilarious when you had to go to the counter and ask for the pubic lice shampoo. Uh, uh, those I remember. Other than that, I don't remember. My I remember some of my uh, like the girlfriends that I dated for like several like six months to a year, whatever. Those ones where you actually got presents for each other like that. All I remember is some really, really shitty gifts. Like, I don't remember them ever getting a good gift for me, like any of the bra. I think one got me like a stuffed, like Winnie the Pooh that had I love you on it. Like, what am I going to do with that? Like, fuck, oh, I'm going to grill a fucking hole in it. Fuck the thing. That's, that's, it's like stupid, gay, sentimental shit. Like, that's not sentimental. That's just gay. I'm a grown adult. I don't need a Winnie the Pooh with a overalls and an I love you heart on the front. That. What am I going to do with that? That's the type of shit they bought me, if I recall. <laughs> what about you, Wackerly? What was your greatest or uh, favorite Christmas miracle? Uh, you know, this question was sprung on me, and I just don't think about it that often. I mean, I, I did enjoy the, the time that we went out to dinner with uh, your brother your brother Joffrey and you and your irritable bowel sister. And uh, we were at a Chinese restaurant, obviously, because it was the holidays and no place was open. And uh, Jeffrey just proceeded to eat an entire pop brownie just right at the table. <laughs> and then we were all waiting like, oh, my God, when, when is Jeff going to start freaking out? And he never did. He was fine the entire night. Like, like for four hours we hung out and he never got like wigged out. Yeah, uh, was, and I it, thought that was a Christmas miracle. Well, it was it was kind of a miracle because uh, those pop brownies, Jer splits it up into like six or seven pieces because it's so potent. I mean, like, this was a this was a large like large slice of cake size brownie. Yeah, it wasn't like a little you know like quartered up piece. Yeah, and like that's the thing, Jared. Because I remember the crumbs were going all over the place, and, well, like on the floor, and he he took it out of like some kind of a wrapper, and he like I think he dropped that on the floor. I remember I ate like half of one of those one time. I think it was when we actually lived together. I ate like half of those, half of one one time, and I was fucked up for like six hours. Like I took the, I couldn't even figure out how to take the bar train back to the East Bay. It was a, I was a mess. My brother ate an entire brownie. It's like, I don't know, six or seven doses. Yeah. And yeah, he was fine. 
didn't even didn't even affect him. I think uh, my favorite Christmas miracle was when uh, this is like maybe five years ago when you and Jeffrey got that Christmas tree and put it into Stephanie's house. Oh, that was a good one too. Yeah, I forgot about that. That too. was that was brilliant because we actually got a tree. And, like, you guys got, like, a real one. Like, it was a real tree, and you put, like, decorations on it and shit. Oh, yeah, I think it cost me about $40. <laughs> I think that came from the Sticker Wrong Fund. Um, well, okay, it cost $40. But, yeah, it was an, an actual tree. And uh, a little background, uh, uh, my sister has never allowed Jared to have a tree in their house. And even though Jared loves Christmas, and my sister's pretty secular, like, she doesn't really celebrate anything, um, she still won't allow Jared to have a tree in the house, which I think is very domineering. And so Jer, every year we like, you know, I'll ask her and she'll be like, no, he's not getting a tree. And so that particular year, I think they were in New Orleans or something, scoping out like wedding venues. And they were in New Orleans. Yeah, they were on some some reason they were out of town for sure. And so I think they got back on Christmas Day and Jer walks into the apartment and there he sees in the living room like a Christmas tree with lights on, all decorated. And he oh, said, yeah, like the silver, silver and gold little, uh, whatever you call those, the Christmas balls all over it. Tinsel or whatever. I don't know. It, yeah. We, Jer- didn't put, we didn't put tinsel on it because they have a cat and the cat oh, yeah, yeah. died. But Which wouldn't be a bad thing. That would have been a sucks. different kind of Christmas miracle. Yeah, that would have been a miracle because that cat sucks. Um, but yeah, so anyway, Jared like, comes in the room and he thought that my sister had planned this for him. And was just like all excited. Then my sister comes in the, the living room and was just like, what the fuck? And kicks it over. <laughs> <laughs> and then she made him take I it out. I thought she launched it out of their, you know, fourth floor uh, apartment down onto the street. No, That's she, she had him true? like drag it out, though, and put it on the sidewalk. Like I mean, that. is she that? Like, I mean, I can see like, oh, fuck, I didn't want to trade. But I mean, she's that like adamant against it where she got violent and started beating the tree up and then threw it out the window she really hates christmas trees oh hey, she was mad she she oh, thought it was somebody else besides uh myself and jeffrey put it in. and she like yeah she called uh there's a girl amanda and like fucking chewed her out for real well she called <laughs> i remember she did that and then she called me <clears throat> and she was like that fucking cunt, Amanda. I can't believe she did this. Put a fucking tree in my fucking... And I was like trying not to laugh because she was so mad. And then finally she was like, well, what's so to, funny? To your sister's credit or <laughs> a little bit of extenuating circumstances, this also was like right around the time that your dad was dying or had just died. So maybe it wasn't the best time for shenanigans like this. It was like a year Emotional after. Emotional shenanigans. It was, I think it was a year after. I think it was the same year. I almost think when they were gone, it was because it was something to have to do with your dad. but Or maybe it was Jer's now, dad. Um, now, they were gone to New Orleans looking for wedding venues. So it was right before they got married because they were thinking of getting okay. married in New Orleans. Oh, all right. I'm misremembering, which If does. I recall correctly. I'm glad we didn't. Her and I didn't wind up hooking up at that St. Patrick's Day party. And then I'd be detached to and she'd be that violent around a Christmas tree. I would, I would not want to have to deal with that. Poor Jer. <laughs> you, I'm sure you've heard that story. That's, just, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Jared <laughs> has to put up with. Yeah, uh, Steel's Steel's okay with the IBS, but the uh, the Christmas tree antagonism, no way. Draw the line just, there. That, yeah, that's just violent, uh, uncalled for behavior. It's a fucking Christmas tree. <laughs> how, many, how many football games are there in a year? Is it like in the NFL? Know. Like what is it? In the NFL? 
16 per Six, team. So. so Jer officially every year gets 16 days to himself <laughs> because he gets on Sundays, he gets to go watch the Lions in the morning. Every other day of his life is at, is at the whim of whatever Stephanie needs him to be doing or wants to be doing. Or, yeah, pretty much whatever Stephanie's doing, he has to do. Except so, for football. That's, that's, life, that's life with uh, Stephanie. You know what's funny? Well, it's not funny, but it was interesting. Uh, this past weekend when I was hanging out with Jer, uh, it was the Lions were playing on Sunday. I forget who they were playing, but they won. Do you remember? Do you know who they played, Seal? Last Sunday, they played uh, uh, yeah, Cardinals. the Cardinals, and they actually won. But anyway, he was at the game. Jer always goes to this bar called McTeague's and watches a game with a bunch of other Michigan people. And uh, he got a call from his mom. And it, which is kind of rare to call on a Sunday morning. And his mom was like, um, so I have something weird to tell you. And Jared's like, uh, okay. She's like, remember your uncle Dennis? And I guess he had this uncle who's not, his uncle actually married his aunt, who's his, like his dad's sister. And uh, he, they didn't really know him, because I guess his aunt, they, not, his aunt's a very unfriendly creature. <laughs> and so they don't really talk to the aunt, but her husband, and he didn't really know the husband. He, in fact, he didn't even know their last name. But uh, she's like, yeah. Well, Uncle Dennis went over to his ex-wife, who he had divorced about 17 years ago, and shot her in the face. Dead, and, yeah. Yeah, in Bay City. And then uh, in Auburn, actually. And then he, uh, I guess, wrote like a note saying he was going to go do a murder-suicide back at their house. And just killed Jer's aunt, killed himself. And uh, the police apprehended him on the way back. Which is kind of strange. And so I've been, I was going to have Jer on the show to ask him about it, but Jer's like, yeah, no one knows anything. I was like, whoa. Did he stay to watch the end of the game? Oh, yeah, he doesn't care. <laughs> <He was> like, <laughs> okay, bye, Lions are winning. <laughs> but it's got, did you hear about this uh, steal? Oh, oh, yeah, it's Bay City. I mean, there's, a, there's like one murder every three years. Of course I heard about it. It was so, all over the news. So what was the deal? Like the guy just went over. Why would he go kill his ex-wife from 17 years ago? There's not a whole lot of motive that they've released in the paper. Uh, other, I mean, basically what you said is all pretty much that's been printed. He It was his ex-wife. He shot his ex-wife. Then he planned to kill himself and his current wife, who I had no idea was related to your brother-in-law, so to speak. So I, I didn't know that end of it. But I it really, so far, there's been no motives or anything released. They've interviewed him, obviously, once they, they booked him and shit, but. Nothing's really uh, surfaced. Obviously, obviously, he didn't like his ex-wife very much. That's all right. I, I mean, say. we've all been in relationships. It's that, what more motive do you need? Exactly. What I don't understand is, did the guy keep in contact the past two decades with this woman? And it just well, if they were actually married, he's probably like emptying his wallet to her every month. So that, well, yeah, no, I mean, it was two decades ago. Paying child support. I don't know the situation, so he might have been paying child support, and then you know maybe having to be dragged into court every once in a while over child support issues, or, or you know time parenting time or whatever. And obviously it's Bay City. You know he lived in Bay City. This was out in Auburn, which is you know five ten minutes west of Bay City. So I mean it's a pretty small town. There are probably still circumstances where he knew, you know maybe some of her. Uh, relatives and friends and stuff and in the same circles. So, yeah, I'm, I'm imagining he didn't get 100% away from her these last 17 years. Either that or he's been really letting this stuff fester and boil for a <laughs> long time. It holds one hell of a grudge. Jesus. Yeah, no sh- yeah Jared, I was just like, is that weird, Jared? Jared's like, well, you know, the weirdest part about it is Uncle Dennis is one of the most normal guys in the family. I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> he goes, he's quiet. He's really nice. He actually went to college. 
he's like, yeah, it's just really weird that uh, he would do this, but you never know some, you know, he's like, you know, you know, how well do you ever know somebody? I was like, wow, that's kind of odd. I don't think I've ever had a relative kill anybody. I, can I don't have any relatives, so I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any cousins any of that shit. I'm sure if I had cousins, I'd have a couple fuck-ups that maybe killed somebody or whatever, but I, I just don't have any relatives to speak of, so. Hmm. Anyway, yeah, well, there's a Christmas miracle. I caught him before he did the murder-suicide. Can I Can I just have a point of fact? Is a Christmas miracle just anything that happens around Christmas? Is that uh, how we're defining this? <laughs> yeah, well, I don't have any Christmas miracles because I hate the fucking holiday. So, to me, a miracle what? would be to put a tree in my sister's house, even for like a couple days. The great part about the holiday, uh, Christmas coming up, obviously Thanksgiving this time happens too, is usually what I like to do in the evening of the holiday, like Christmas evening, like after, you know, the Christmas night, I like to turn on the police scanner because that's usually when some, you know, uh, aggravated cousin wakes up out of a drunken stupor or a food coma and they start stabbing relatives in the <laughs> neck with a corkscrew because somebody stole the last piece of pumpkin pie or whatever. So this is usually, usually the holidays are extremely fun. If you've got a police scanner, I encourage everybody to listen to it. Holiday <laughs> evenings, because that's when everything <laughs> A lot of domestic violence, a lot of domestic altercations. It's, it's hilarious. Good comedy. Yeah, I wonder what's on. How how busy is the police scanner in Bay City, Michigan, like on a typical week? Uh, it's it's you know it's pretty busy because I mean Bay City's got a lot of fight. It's not busy with murders and shit like that, but it's usually busy with funny shit like domestic violence where somebody punches somebody because they stole the eggnog or you know shit like that. <laughs> usually it's funny stuff, but it's all like just fuck ups being. Fuck ups type of shit. Pedophilia. How often do you hear, you know, oh, I know that guy. <laughs> or like it's Martin or, or Dougie or something. It happens. I mean, Bay City's so small that even if you don't maybe know them like on an intimate or personal, right. like close relationship, right. you might know the name. Like, oh, oh fuck, I know that dude. Yeah, it happens. It happens fairly frequently. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, thank you for calling in and uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to you. Uh, we got to move on here. Um, I did an interview. Uh, this past week with a guy named Brian Sloan, who's the inventor of the auto blow AI, which is a stroking penis gripper that provides 10 different oral sex experiences using artificial intelligence. Um, Steele, have you ever used a flashlight? Oh yeah. Well, I, my flashlights aren't the actual brand name flesh. I've used the off brand <laughs> poor man's flashlights, like, but oh. yeah, I've used a fleshlight, so to speak. Uh, it's the same thing. It's just not a fleshlight brand. But Wait, yeah, do you I, make your I, own fleshlight? I, well, I made. I see. This is what pissed me off because if I would have trademarked some of the, I, I, I would have been ahead of the game when it came to the flesh. I created my own so-called fleshlights, like back in the late '80s, early '90s. Like I, I used to put like, uh, like a toilet paper roll with a sandwich bag in it. I've done that. Yeah, we put it in the toilet paper or the, or the paper towel roll with a pussy or stick it between some couch cushions. You know, plus, you know, coring out a cantaloupe. I mean, I was I was way ahead of the fleshlight game, way before people even had that on their horizon. A very creative masturbator, that John Steele. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, well. I've always just used my hand because it's there. It's easy. Just never put much thought yeah. into it. I do recall a few do you years. Do hands? <laughs> No, nah, usually I'm just always good old righty. Um, I do recall a few years ago on the show, we interviewed a guy 
who created a device that was like a USB flashlight type masturbator thing you plugged in and you watched a specific video and the device was supposed to emulate the prostitute or the, the, the prostitute the porn star's mouth while she's yeah, giving a huge difference yeah there's a huge <laughs> not that much of a difference you know semantics here but anyway um and they sent me one and i gave it to wackerly on his birthday and wackerly claims that it was broken but i think you actually broke it probably with uh, vigorous masturbation Oh, I think you give me too much credit for like the the destructive power of my penis. But yeah, there was something wrong with like the, I mean, it had like gears and shit inside it. And I think when I turned it on, I did, I mean, I did hook it up to a porno, you know, cause you had to have a, you had to go to their special website cause the porno had to be coordinated with, you know, the, whatever the, 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 the software drivers, <laughs> but it was making all these weird grinding noises. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm not sticking my dick in that. What happened to it? Did you re-gift it? Yeah, no, I gave it to my mom for a birthday. <laughs> no, but it's, 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 so, I mean, I did, I kept it for a long time. I, I have no idea why sentimental value, but uh, during one of my moves, I just like left it at an old apartment. I think. Well, that's gonna be nice for the new resident to find when well, they move exactly in. That's exactly why I did it. <laughs> just like it'll be funny to for the person to try and figure out what this thing even is because it didn't look like a. It, you know how the flashlight, the end of it, sort of has oh, the look of a lady's yeah. vagina lips. This had nothing like that. It it purely looked like like a technical device. Like I mean, okay. if you looked at it long enough, you could figure out like, oh, I guess you're supposed to stick your dick in this hole here at the end. But it it it, it, may, it had no intent of sort of looking like an asshole or a lady's ass or you know vagina. Yeah, it, I mean, like it had that. a USB cord coming out of it. It kind of looked like it could be some kind of weird external hard drive. Yeah, you know, with an so opening on it. The packaging or the box behind, so they could see exactly what it was. You just left I, the. You know what? Unit. I don't even think it came in pack. I think they had it. I think they mailed it to us in like a nondescript, just brown cardboard box. Because I don't remember any like labeling on it or anything like I'm that. I'm sure once they picked it up and smelled the dried semen, like the months of dried semen, they probably would know. Yeah. Yeah. You know? uh, this thing, this auto blow AI, like this guy, he went like to another level with uh flashlights like he said I mean, did you get a free sample this time or not well, yeah no he's sending me one which i kind of want to send to steal well why don't you just use it i mean what who are you what like you're you're like you're, oh. you're your pinky way up in the air like oh, i'm too good to use the, a you masturbatory know what it is? device you know what it is with me i don't want to just i don't want to have it laying around i, I kind of don't want to have to ever have that conversation where i have to explain to a potential you know uh, sex partner that yeah, this is the thing I did an interview with, and they're like, "Yeah, sure." Like, why would you need that? I, I just like, don't, I don't like really care. If that's the only thing from your past that you're gonna keep from like uh, somebody that you're you're dating. No, just you, get a gun cabinet <laughs> and just hide it away in the gun. I just don't know where, where do you the put the cabinet. thing. Like, where do you even put it? And th this in thing, this what thing's even. Dining room table is a centerpiece. Who are you fucking asking? <laughs> See, that's why I think Steel, this would this would have a good home in the dorm room if the guy even sends one to me. They're like 250 bucks. This is a sex robot, like these beautiful sex robots that I see on TV. No, it, it looks like a fleshlight, but with a disembodied nose and mouth on the tip. Oh, nice, nice added touch. Yeah, nice. and then it, but it, I think that is made, that piece is made by like Real Doll or whatever. And then you stick your dick into it, and then you got all these settings on the side for like, so what, what they did, well, the, the guy will explain it, but basically what the guy did is he hired a bunch of like 
artificial intelligence scientists to go through and watch like yeah. six days worth of porn and then mark data points of like, you know, how the, you know, how the head moves and things like that. And not to mention gay porn too. So it's like gay and straight porn. He said 10% gay porn, 90% straight porn. And what, then uh, what, what's the difference between a gay and a straight blowjob? Well, that's I what I asked him about that. He's like, you know, I don't know. He's like, but I figured since half the, you know, uh, 10% of the population is gay, we figured, you know, let's put in the gay porn too. I know it, the difference. One is extremely gay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes sense. But anyway, so now he's got this device that replicates human sexual techniques. So, I don't know. He says he's going to send me one. And if he does, I think I might uh, give it to Steele on his uh, birthday. Does it have a setting for, like, the reluctant married birthday once a year blowjob? <laughs> I think they have a, a sad blowjob setting. You know? Um, but, yeah, you know what? The thing is that's weird about this is you actually plug it into a wall, like into an outlet. So it's even more hardcore than USB. Well, it's potential for uh, shock damage, I would think. It would be very interesting for the paramedics to show up at my house as I'm electrocuted by sticking my dick in the AI robot blowjob unit. <laughs> like it, all your pubes look like buckwheat's hair. Just all yeah. fried. <laughs> what happened as I'm from the mouth and my dick is deep inside this inanimate object. Well, not deep. <laughs> that would be a hell of a eulogy. Well, Seal went out doing what he loved. Um, anyway, let's, let's uh, play this interview here with Brian Sloan, the inventor of the Autoblow AI. Hi. Good morning. How's it going? Uh, fantastic. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. It's Steve Simon here calling from Sick and Wrong. Uh, thanks for being on the show this morning. So we're here live with uh, Brian Sloan, uh, the inventor of the Autoblow AI, which is a stroking penis gripper. Um, that uses artificial intelligence. So it's uh, a little step ahead of the game. I got to say congrats on your Indiegogo campaign. Uh, it looks like you raised over five times your goal and you still have time left. So th that leads me to think that yeah, there are a, lo a lot of dudes out there who are very enthusiastic about an intelligent blowjob device. So wh why do you think that is? Like, are they border their wife's technique? Like, why is this tool better than you know their hand or a, or a flashlight? Uh, yeah, well, few, yeah, a few things there. So, uh, I, I think that men have been doing it the same way for so long. You know, I guess the brand that that people know about is flashlight, and this is a rubber vagina in a plastic case. And mm. you know, you when you and there's all kind of competing ones, but when you use that. You still need to hold something and move it up and down over your penis over and over. And it's really like just like normal masturbation plus like 10%, let's call it, right? Yeah, and, more or uh, less. You're still so, using your wrist. Right. You're still, I mean, you still have, you don't feel like someone else is doing something to you. But, um, and the same thing happened with Autoblow 2, which we also crowdfunded on Indiegogo that also kind of went wild like this. Um, people want to experience the feeling of someone else doing something to them. And that's what's normally not possible with masturbation. So that's what my device makes possible. Uh, it's what the first one made possible, but this one does it differently because now we're using real techniques that human beings use. So it's not just like, oh, put your penis in this thing and it goes up and down. It's like, put your penis in this thing 
and it goes up and down, but in all kind of different mm. increments that actual people would, um, you know, it moves in the way that other people would move. So it's taking it just kind the of next a, level. Yeah, decent step closer to to really, you know, in, having the feeling of someone else doing something to you. I mean, you're going to know you have like this kind of machine making a noise in your lap. But other than that, uh, <laughs> the feeling is different than than using one of these like rubber vaginas in a can. So if you close your eyes, you think it's a real human. Um, wow. <laughs> More or less. And, and put on a put on a noise blocking headset and <laughs> close your eyes and whatever. Yeah. How how does the AI in Autoblow understand like a high level concept as a blowjob? I mean, I, I read that it has sixteen oral sex techniques. And personally, I think I've only experienced four or five. So I'm curious here. <laughs> yeah. So um, what we did is uh, I have a team in Serbia, and I had the guys in Serbia. Uh, they they had to watch 109 hours of blowjob videos at half speed. So that's wow, more to. than 200 some hours. Yeah, they had to. That was <laughs> what I told them their work was that month. They had to. Um, and uh, so so all AI needs human input. Okay, you need to manually tag large data sets, and then you can run these algorithms on the data sets. So. Um, we need to we needed to understand what the movements in blowjobs were. So we had these guys. We built a, a small application. So it would load a video of a blowjob that's been pre-selected, and it would only filmed from one angle with not very much movement. Okay. Mm. And then we had an art of a penis and an art of a head, and the guy had to watch it at half speed, and and he had to move the head along the penis at at the. Uh, approximating the actions that were happening in the film. And that was generating 30 screenshots per second of the film, along with location data of this fake head on the fake penis. So in the oh. end, we generated a terabyte of these images tagged with this location data. And then we also had an orgasm detected button so we would know like which kind of actions would occur before the orgasm. So that once we had the data set, I took it to this AI company and I told them, I want to know now what blowjobs are. Like, what are the movements? And they said, well, how many modes can your thing have? And I was like, I don't know. How about 10? So then, then we limited it. I mean, I could have asked them for hundreds of sort of movements, but we limited it to 16. And, um, yeah, so then they told me, they gave me graphically, and we figured out how to, you know, how those looked and how to program them into the machine. But 16 techniques that are the most popular movements that we found in those um, videos. So was this gay videos or straight videos or both or or is it mostly just straight videos? Well, it's mostly straight videos, but so there was like kind of a thing like, should we have, you know, they say that like maybe 10% of people are gay. So we actually used 10% uh, gay blowjobs. There's only a few of the guys who wanted to watch like the gay blowjobs. Also, this is sort of a problem. Yeah, so, <laughs> I was uh, about to say. I mean, but uh, is the technique that different? I mean, it's still no, just a dick in your uh, mouth, I guess. No, right, and and, and it wasn't. And uh, we didn't want to say like, oh, mode eight is like gay mode, or this is like the gay <laughs> version. It gets like hard to sell something when you have to explain it to people. So we just sort of like incorporated a percentage of gay blowjob videos. So you're going to get like, I guess like a five or 10% gay blowjob. So deal with it. (laughs) So, okay. Quick question here. Why not hire, I mean, you're already sort of near the Czech Republic. There's no shortage of porn stars. So why not hire like a prostitute or a porn star to blow a, a mannequin or a dummy with like haptic sensors on its penis? Yeah, it's, it's possible, but 
See, the way that we can understand like blowjobs um, in the macro sense is that you need many, many, many of them to analyze, right? Mm. And um, yeah, you could, instead of, there there isn't a device that has haptic feedback, you know, that can record it exactly like that, but we could have filmed ourselves blowjobs being performed at the optimal angle and making everything perfect, but that would have cost more than I wanted to spend. Yeah, so that's true like, than just watching porn. <laughs> Did any of the scientists suggest that? Like, well, you know, we could have some live women in here giving blowjobs. I'll, I'll be your test subject. No, I think they just wanted to like do the simplest <laughs> thing they could to get paid. And so <laughs> us delivering them a nicely tagged data set was like good for them. Yeah, I was reading that you actually had like PhD qualified robotics engineers and AI scientists working on this. Um, was it difficult to find people willing to, to work on such this type of an experiment? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's really hard, man. I, I couldn't even, we're making the instruction manual, okay, for the autoblow. And I wanted a technical writer and I want an illustrator, okay? I couldn't even find uh, <laughs> an illustrator willing to draw my plastic can with like mechanics <laughs> in it. And I couldn't find someone willing to even write my instructions, okay? So it was very, very hard to find PhD-level people who wanted to do the project. So, But it, I just spent my time, and I, I found them. Um, and it happened to be, it's very strange, not only are they both in Canada, the, the mechanical engineers and the AI company, but they're within like two or three miles of each other. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's random. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so tell me how... Like functionally, can you describe how the device works? Like I, I was looking at it and I'm confused. Does it come with like a vagina sleeve on the top? Or then I saw so that it, you also had like a mouth and a nose. Like it looked like a real doll face or yeah. something on it. So um, that's a sleeve that Real Doll made for us. Uh, we work. They make some sleeves for Autoblow Two, and that one is um, basically the Autoblow Two sleeve, and we put it in this. And they're going to make for us a series of autoblow sleeves for autoblow AI. So it kind of looks cooler with their stuff in it than our stuff in it because we can't make anything as nice as theirs. Um, but theirs is really expensive. <laughs> well, they've been doing um, that a long so time. They, yeah, and they're, I mean, yeah. So ours comes, the machine comes with a mouth sleeve, right? And actually mm. it's going to be made of silicone, which I don't know, not that many people know the difference between silicone and rubber, but it's kind of a big deal that it'll be silicone. Um, and then you can swap it for a butthole sleeve or a vagina sleeve and and uh, they'll have different textures inside. So the sleeves are swappable and so you basically, you plug it in, you know, you have to have it plugged in while you use it. Oh, it's the way it plugs into the wall. Yeah, plugs into the oh, wall. Okay, yeah. Uh, can... too. Plugs in, then you, you add your lubricant, you put your penis inside and you turn it on, then you press the play button. It's like there's the bottom button and, and it goes, starts cycling through the different experiences and then, uh, each experience can have 10 different speeds. You select the speed. And I think the fun, the fun part, the most fun part, is the pause button. Ooh. So uh, for a guy who wants to see how long it can last or just, you know, edge or whatever. Oh, yeah, the edging just, feature. Yeah, the edging it- feature. So if you're in like mode, you're in mode eight, speed seven, you're like, oh, I don't want to finish. So you press pause, right? And then you wait till you're not going to finish. And then... When you press pause again, you're back into the same mode at the same speed because otherwise you need to turn it off and lose your feelings and uh, <laughs> you cycle back. To, you know, you'd be, it'd be really annoying. So 
um, yeah, you can pause it. And other things, other, it, it sounds kind of basic, but other sex toys can't do that. And so, so you don't actually have to move your wrist or anything. You just let the, you, you put your dick in the thing and it just does it. Yeah, you put your dick into the thing, and 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 it just does it. Um, and what I hope to do, and it, it won't come out at the launch time, but I know the guys are already asking. What I want is that you could sit in your chair, like you're at your computer, or you're watching a porn or whatever, and you have the, you mount it onto the desk with like a kind of telescoping kind of like a tripod sort of arm, and then you could position mm. that, or you know, right in your lap. And I think actually, especially good for guys in wheelchairs, you would position that right in your lap. And then uh, it would hold the thing for you. So you'd even push it a little one step closer to really feeling like you're not doing anything to yourself. Yeah, and then you can really have your free hand for the mouse. You can turn up the volume on your on the computer. Um, it frees up hands for, you know, other things. So, uh, so d- how easy is this thing to clean? I mean, I imagine it gets kind of grimy over time. Um, well, hopefully none of the grime, that's like a gentle way to say it, none of, <laughs> none of the grime should really enter the product because the grime would be contained to the sleeve. And since the sleeve is going to be silicone, it's going to be super easy to clean and it won't collect bacteria. But if you ever accidentally got grime inside, that'd be bad because you no, should. yeah, because there's a lot of moving parts there. <laughs> I, I guess this also leads me to, 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 to question. So if the thing's plugged in the wall, like... What if there's a power surge or something? Like, could it, I don't know. It makes me nervous putting my, you know, penis into something that's like mechanical like that. Yeah. Is it dangerous at all? No, it's it's not. And, um, you know, first, uh, the the current uh, product is 12 volts, one and a half amps. This one is 12 volts, one point, uh, sorry, 12 volts, three amps DC. And um, uh, the last time I was, I tried to understand, like, even if, the worst case happened of some strange thing. Could you get electrocuted? You know, yeah. and they're like, you can't, you can't be electrocuted by 12 volts, three amps DC power. And they like touched the lead and it was like connected to the thing. And I was, I told them like, touch it then. <laughs> like it was like <laughs> exposed on the table and they were like, fine. And I was like worried. And they, I mean, they're, I mean, they, <laughs> so, um, there isn't uh, an amount of power of current that you know. If any, if there was a power surge or something weird, you'd fry the adapter that's plugged into the wall. You know, like your laptop brick. You know, that's the thing that protects the device from a power surge. Is that you ruin like a ten dollar adapter and you don't ruin the device itself, and the power can never reach your penis. I would say. plug it into a surge protector just to be safe. That's what I would do. Um, right. I got. I got to say though, I'm always very like suspicious of those devices that are USB devices because, uh, like, I mean, what, what happens if like a Russian hacker took control of it? You know. So at least here, you know, you can plug it into the, the surge protector, and and it's not connected to your computer because you know how they have some of those USB ones where it's like it, it it emulates the movement of the girl's mouth on the porn. Have you seen that uh, one? There is- there is an, an old one they got sued out of existence. It was called Real Touch, which some people claim was the best thing ever invented. Um, that was powered by USB, but it was very, very complex. Um, really, anything that is able to get power from USB isn't that powerful. Uh, you you would expect that it would stop very easily once your penis was inside because USB is like 0.5. I forget how much power comes out, but it's not very much. Not, not enough. So uh, I, I want to switch gears here for a second. Just ask you about something I read. Um, so you had a vagina beauty contest. Let's let's talk about that. Uh, what what was the point of that? Was this to 
to generate publicity for a device? Well, oh, everything is to generate publicity for my devices. Like, let's start there. Uh, everything I've ever done from the time I wake up to the time I go to sleep. But um, this, yeah, it was a contest. So basically, you know, um, people always ask me like, oh, well, where do the, the vaginas and the buttholes and everything come from on your toys? And it's like, well, I, I realized like, you know, say Fleshlight, for example, they get them from porn stars. And I think this idea, okay, that was a good idea, but it's kind of a tired idea. And um, I don't think there's anything special about porn stars' body parts. So I think it's the same as like kind of normal people's body parts. So I, I thought, well, if I want to put a new vulva on the top of the product, how would I know which is the best looking one that people would want, right? Mm, yeah. Um, so I decided, well, I don't know the answer to that. I should have a contest where women upload their pictures and then the whole world would come vote on them. And then I would know which one is the most beautiful one in the world, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then I, Makes sense. Yeah, so, so I just did. And then I thought like, oh, that'd be nice if people came to my contest. And then the thing is like people really came to the contest. Uh, <laughs> How many women sent in pictures? Uh, in the end, we accepted a, a, a several hundred into the contest to be voted on. Um, although many sent them, but they didn't follow the very simple instructions of holding a piece of paper in the photo that had the contest name, because otherwise we wouldn't know whose picture it was. Yeah. So we received thousands and thousands of submissions, but we only approved several hundred that could follow the instructions. And and then millions of people voted um, wow. on them. And we ended up making, did you see the film? I actually didn't see the film. You, you made a documentary about this? Uh, actually, Elite Daily at the time, after it was going on, it was kind of in the media. And then they called me up and they said, we would love to be there you know, for the 3D scanning of these women. Because actually, we were going to 3D scan them for the first time. That was kind of the, oh, the, wow. uh, the thing that caused, because we, no one else used 3D scanning to do that. They were using mold, mold making, like 3D you know, effects, mold making, special effects. So then Elite Daily came out and filmed this. It's on YouTube. If you search vagina contest, I think it comes up like pretty high. It has a lot of views. And yeah, so they filmed this like awkward meeting of all the people and me. Um, <laughs> so uh, did, yeah. did the women get paid? Like what did the winners get? Yeah, the winners got paid. Uh, the winner got $5,000. Oh, and wow. the second... The second place got three thousand, and the third place got two thousand. But I did give them a bonus payment to take scans of their anuses and mouths for an extra five hundred dollars a person. <laughs> wow! So now you, you use those for the sleeves on the on the devices, so they're kind of in a sense exactly. immortalized. You know, yeah, I mean, they're immortalized. Yeah, uh, yeah, they're immortalized. And um, the interesting thing is that they weren't people in the uh, you know uh, one reporter came and and she said. Oh, I'm surprised that they weren't like porn people. There was one porn person who came, but the rest were like, Amateurs. you know, there's a, a designer, there's a fitness instructor, there was like normal people, and they thought that'd be fun to be immortalized on a sex toy. Huh. So then, well, then why do the scrotum contest? Did you, did you do a balls contest? Like who, uh, I don't even think many women are fond of balls. <laughs> uh, they're not, I think, and... Um, I just thought it would be fun because actually after the vagina contest, I hired a scientist again to write a paper. It's called Vulva Paper. It's at vulvapaper.com. And uh, he analyzed what made the winners the winners and what the public preferred. So I thought, that'd yeah, just be fun to do it for 
for balls and see what the answer is. <laughs> I, knew, like, I knew how to do it, and I had all the, all the infrastructure set up. But the disappointing thing was that after all that, uh, the research showed that um, nearly all the scrotums scored almost equally low. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, equally low on what criteria? Uh, the, 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 you know, the vulvas, for example, were rated from one to ten stars. And let's say the average Volvo was like 4.72 or something. So there was a range, you know, with, with some statistically significant. Uh, was it one yeah, being like ghastly and, and 10 being like a beautiful vulva? Uh, exactly. Oh, okay. Uh, exactly. And the scrotums, like the range was so low that scrotums like average was like 1.12 <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, no one likes but, balls. Um, yeah, but something I, – I tried actually. There was a guy, okay, in uh, – I, I wanted to – I tried to make a product. Uh, I tried to make – I made this thing called wall balls. So I wanted to 3D scan the winner's scrotum and immortalize it and turn it into art for your wall, right? And <laughs> Don't they do that so, for trucks? Truck nuts yeah, or something? Yeah, they yeah. do. They have truck nuts. So I thought like, oh, everyone who like, like wall balls, nuts. they'd buy this. So, uh, but no one bought it. Uh, and <laughs> – and uh, except like my friends and um, in the end, I, I sent this guy from Cleveland to a 3D scanning facility in, uh, in Ohio and they, and they 3D scan his balls all day. And I have all these 3D scans of these balls coming out of his jeans opening. <laughs> and uh, it cost a lot of money. I, I didn't make I – I lost a lot on this contest actually. It was a terrible idea. Yeah. <laughs> Although you know what, my brother would have been a great judge for that. He loves balls, so uh, really? I, I don't know if you're trying to get rid of any of that ball art. But uh, his birthday's coming up. Yeah, yeah. My brother, uh, he works at a leather bar in San Francisco, and he loves balls. Oh um, yeah, I thought that there'd be that demographic would buy it, you know. But I don't think I reached them for the campaign. I only have one. I have the prototype sculpture, and um, and it sits in the house. My wife makes me kind of hide it somewhere. She doesn't like it. <laughs> Are you concerned that this, uh, the auto blow AI might be more effective than an actual blow job and that men might use it as a substitute for human intimacy? I think it was Bill Hicks who actually said, you know, guys, if you could blow yourselves, ladies, you'd be in this room alone right now watching an empty stage. Yeah, I mean, look, people still like I mean, masturbation has been around for a long time, so I don't think it's harmful to – I don't think that improving how, how masturbation feels will cause people to only want to masturbate. It'll just make their masturbation time better, right? Uh, I think they still crave some emotional connection with other human beings. I don't know that – you know, it's not like all you do with your partner is just like get blowjobs. If that was the case, then I would say yes, maybe that's possible. <laughs> but considering there are other activities involved in, in a relationship, then probably people will still crave those other um, activities. Do you think uh, the autoblow AI, I guess, will – I guess, overcome or surpass the stigma with male sex toys? Because I think women are kind of, are kind of just uh, skeeved out by it. Like if uh, a girl comes into your house and you have like a real doll, they're going to find it a little weird. And so I imagine if well, you had a big tripod with like a blowjob <laughs> machine sticking out of your lap, you know, on, on your desk, I imagine most girls are like, you know, what the fuck is that? Yeah, well, the same girl in her underwear drawer has like, 
you know, four vibrators. So I don't think that they it's a double should. standard though. Cause I think with like vibrators, at least I know some guys don't like vibrators with me personally. I'm like, it's all go team. You know, we're trying to get her off and you know, I can use this device, you know, make it easier. Like, I don't think there's a stigma, but then it, women sometimes have a weird issue with it. Yeah. Um, you know, to get, I, I realize that this stigma exists and it's the reason that I don't use, you know, I don't want my product to be, and it's not an adult thing, it's not a porn thing, right? The reason I, one of the reasons, uh, other reasons I don't use porn people, or people told me like, why are you in the ads? Like, why isn't there like a porn star with big tits in the ads? And it's like, it's like, that's the stigma. That's like what keeps this stigmatized, right? Is connecting it to all these other things it's not related to porn at all. It's related to self-love, Self-pleasure, yeah. Related to pleasure. And, you know, so that's why I appear in the videos. I say, hey, I'm the guy who invented this thing. Here's what it's going to do for you. It's going to feel great. And I think that's what will take it. You know, I, I sell my, my things. At, this is a gadget for guys who like gadgets. And, yeah, it's a, just, it's a gadget for your dick, but it's not any different than – your other gadgets that your camera or your whatever so i think that's the biggest thing that i can do to help remove the stigma is to mm. be the person that appears in the video and to never hire a porn star to try to promote my product because it's not about porn stars porn. or or porn or anything else that's stigmatized whether rightly or wrongly it's just about me saying this is a normal thing and you should get it because it's going to make your dick feel good and that's fine that's i, I think you're doing control. a service to mankind personally um so so <laughs> tell me when when will the auto blow auto blow ai be available is it available now uh sort of uh you know you can't have it now but you can buy it now on indiegogo oh you can reserve uh, actually, it yeah, you can. You basically pay now. You pay like a. You could now we have it at one thirty nine. It's going to be two fifty when it launches. So if a guy pays now, that's the whole thing about crowdfunding. You pay now, and then we ship you in May two thousand nineteen. So it's uh, being finished now. We're, yeah. Yeah, you got to wait a little bit, but then you save like a hundred bucks and. Uh, and um, but but there's uh, one thing. Indiegogo actually blocked. The, it's the first time they did this to me. They blocked the campaign from being seen by normal website visitors. So the only, even though we, we pre-sold now at almost $280,000, it only happened from people getting linked to the campaign directly or searching it. So you won't find it just if you go to Indiegogo and look. You have to go to Indiegogo and search Autoblow in the box. Oh, uh, wow, yeah. I was about to say, I didn't know they blocked it because it showed up right for me. So I don't know if maybe the AI in my computer is like, you're going to like this thing. This thing is perfect <laughs> for you. Check out this page. Um, and so you said it's going to be, so if it's, it's 139 now. It, do you throw in like a butthole sleeve or something? Uh, you get the, <laughs> you get the mouth sleeve, but you can buy <laughs> the butthole sleeve as an extra for a discount. But, uh, but yeah, of course it comes with the sleeve. Um, but the mouse, because it's the auto blow. Yeah, exactly. So, um, people, if you want to, if you want to uh, get get one of these revolutionary devices early, you can check out Brian's Indiegogo page. Just go to Indiegogo.com and do a search for auto blow, or it's I think it's igg.me at auto blow. Uh, or they could just go to autoblow.com and there's oh, a link there. Autoblow.com, <laughs> you can check easy. it out. I, you know, I think it's the perfect gift for the holiday season, personally. 
Um, you know, if you, if you want to have a, I think a key to a happy relationship is the auto blow. Um, they'll keep things moving. Um, so Brian, it's been great talking to you. Thanks for being on the show, man. Thanks for having me. All right. Happy holidays. Ah, the holidays. It's snowing outside. The fire is crackling and there's a big jar of unused lube on your nightstand. And that can only mean one thing. It's December. Yes, that time of year that we celebrate Christ's alleged birth with the purchase of a shiny brand new dildo at AdamEve.com. And if you use coupon code DIDDLE on your order, you'll get 50% off your first purchase, three free adult DVDs, and a free gift. Show your loved ones you still care and cram a brand new dildo down their holiday road. Support Sick and Wrong by supporting our sponsor, AdamandEve.com, and making a purchase using coupon code DIDDLE. That's D-I-D-D-L-E, like priests do to altar boys. Hallelujah. Have you guys seen this this survey going around here about some company called Graphic Springs, a logo creation company? Got the input of uh, a few people from the U.S. and the U.K. They surveyed, uh, I don't know, like a thousand people about ways to modernize Santa Claus. So for ad agencies to modernize Santa Claus. And so what they used, the, the top suggestions to survey uh, 4,000 people on how they envision a 2018 version of Santa. And so a lot of people are saying that they feel Santa should be rebranded either as female or gender neutral. Hmm. What, what do you think about that there, Steele? You're actually asking me what I think about that? <laughs> <laughs> well, here, let me show you the results here. Uh-huh. The results were 19% of U.S. respondents said the patriarch of Christmas should be identified neither as male or female. It should just be gender neutral, no sex attached. And then ten percent said a woman should be Santa now because it's about time. And then, but see, there already is a Mrs. Claus. I mean, what happens there? She's a lesbian. Uh, yeah. So now, okay. So now the Santa Claus. Yeah, I, I'm okay with that. I'd like to watch the the two uh, female Santas slot race if that's what we're getting out. I don't know. Uh, I saw that article too. They said like twenty seven percent voted for gender neutral, and yeah. somebody else vote. I. I First of all, who are they polling? Like, who's actually answering this poll is what I want to, like... So what would you say if uh, they called you? If they called me, I would <laughs> I would love it. I would love to engage in a conversation with this research group that's doing the gender-neutral Santa study. Uh, I'm all for... I don't care. First of all, it means... It would it would not ruin in a one second of my life if if Santa was if they made Santa thirty years old instead of eighty years old or made him black instead of white or changed his gender. I really don't. I'm just in it for the comedy and I'm in it for the social media outrage over one way or the other. I just want to see. I'd like to see somebody try to implement this so all of a sudden all the media goes ballistic and people on Twitter go ballistic. I wouldn't mind if Santa was a herpetite. And it's, 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 it's the best of both worlds. Both sexes at that point, right? You got male and female genitalia, so that's that's as close to gender neutral as you're going to get. Well, I thought gender neutral is just like like an it's pat kind of androgynous looking thing where you don't even know. You don't know if it's a man. You don't know if it's a woman. There's a, neither genitalia, just yeah. smooth like a... Like a Barbie doll. <laughs> like a Barbie doll. <laughs> well, it said here that uh, 70% said they would want a male... Santa Claus, and they're largely in favor of just leaving him in the typical sense. And more than 73% said that he doesn't need to drink beer, he doesn't need to look younger, he doesn't need to have hip tattoos or new hairstyle or shave his beard. 
So they just kind of want him. <laughs> who? Why did they add a shaved his beard option? I'm curious about that. Well, because like, isn't the beard out of style now? The big beard, like, or maybe they maybe is the beard a symbol of the patriarchy? Is that what we're saying? Or maybe he should have a beard like Steel's beard. Like yeah, a yeah, beard. Yeah, I could be down with. Santa had I, a... I can't be down with no beard, Santa. No. Sorry. Santa had a beard though before the hipsters ruined the beard. Like Santa had a beard like back in the 1900. You know, every time I've seen a picture of Santa from any generation, he had a beard. So I don't think his beard is affected generationally by what's hip and what's not. Yeah, I, this is ridiculous. No, we're going to kowtow to this probably. Somebody, I mean, that we always do. We always kowtow to try to, you know, uh, you know, please every member of society, especially the most marginalized. So we'll probably. In some uh, corners of the world, they'll probably make him gender neutral or female or, you know, whatever they want to do. I've always been partial to uh, Black Santa. I always like Black Santas. Black Santas are amazing at the mall. When you go to a mall, there's a Black Santa there, you know. In Saginaw? Like in the Saginaw Mall, do they have Black Santa? I've seen a Black Santa there in the past. I I haven't been there this year, so I don't even know. Do they even have Santa? At malls, I haven't been to a mall around Christmas time, but I know uh, uh, there's a mall in off of Crenshaw, like down in South, in the South LA, that does have a Black Santa. They also have Magic Johnson theaters, which I still have never been to, but I do want to go see a movie at a Magic Johnson theater. Still has AIDS, so uh, <laughs> it, it's all smoke and mirrors. Black Santa, uh, Magic Johnson. Yeah. Magic, well, I don't. You know, I mean, he might have AIDS, but I don't think he's like you know jacking off or masturbating into the popcorn butter or anything, you know? So I don't think I have anything to worry about. We know that. Uh. <laughs> anyway, um, I was thinking about this the other day. Do you think Santa, let's just say that Santa is male and he's got a beard and he's a fat guy and he kind of, do you think Santa is the ultimate bear fantasy? I would have to say he's, he's definitely a bear. I mean, I think we can all say if he was a gay man i think we can all agree that santa would be a bear but he also be someone of a queen too because he'd be in the older subset of the gays so he'd be uh are you saying he'd be a power bottom well yeah he'd be look yeah pretty much he'd be (laughs) the queen bear looking for a young twink is what i if if you know santa was uh of such persuasion. So, Does yeah, the I suit would... uh, traditionally have a flap in the back? <laughs> I mean, I know, like those red long underwear, kind of looks like that. You know, they usually have the flap. Yeah, the old pajamas from the 1800s. But I don't know if that it, does that. Did you have flaps on like the exterior clothing or just well, the? I don't know. I've never worn what? a Santa suit. You know, just normally. Well, I was wondering if he's a bear, if Santa has big, massive testicles. Like, uh, uh, we were talking about this earlier, but uh, a couple of months ago, we did a story about this silicone balls sex cult, where a slave actually died after injecting his scrotum with silicone to please his master. And then the cult encourages men to have, like, really massive scrotums. And so they would artificially, you know, enlarge their, 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 their balls. Just, which is bizarre to me, which I, I've, I've never heard that. And so I was wondering, like, we tried to call my brother, actually, on that episode and couldn't get a hold of him. So now I'm wondering if Santa might have really, you know, massive bollocks. 
It's a question for the ages, I guess. Well, I think it's a question for my brother. So let's let's try to give my brother a call and see if uh, we can add him to this fucking train wreck of a show here. All right, call him my brother. See if uh, Jeffrey's there. Don't ask him about the, the crusty towel, all right? <laughs> hey, guy. Hey, guy, you there? Yeah. Can you hear uh, Wackerly and Steel? I don't know. Hey, guy. Hey, What's guy. What's up? Uh, you can hear him. Uh, I can't hear him. Well, uh, happy uh, Hanukkah there, guy. Happy holidays and uh, happy birthday. Your birthday's in less than a week. Yes, it is. I got uh, Jeffrey a uh, Spider-Man shirt, which I'm sure you're wearing. Yes, I'm wearing it. Well, I'm not wearing it right now, but I'm wearing it. And some phallic-shaped salt and pepper shakers from Amsterdam. I've used those. Have you been using Did you fill them up with uh, salt and pepper? No. Okay, I don't even know how you're using them. <laughs> I don't even want to know then. Did you uh, watch the new Spider-Man yet, Jeff? I did. I played the new Spider-Man. No, no, the movie. It's out already? Yeah, yeah. My wife and I saw it uh, Thursday. It's actually really good. It's an animated one, right? Movie. It's animated. It's got a black black Spider-Man and a female really? Spider-Man. And a pig. And a pig Spider-Man. It's in the, and it's Nick, in the theater? Nick Cage plays one of the Spider-Man. Hmm. Really? What a Spider-Man finale. Like, fiasco. Wait, wait, it's the Spider-Verse, right? Yeah, well, something something happens where all these different Spider-Mans from different universes all come together. So that that's the basic plot. Is it a like a Negro black Spider-Man or just a black Spider-Man outfit? Oh is no, it? he's a Negro. <laughs> <laughs> just, I just want to be sure. I didn't know where you're going. I didn't know. I'm not. Uh, yeah, he, he he's a he's an African American gentleman. Well, he's a he's like a teenager, so like, I think. He's like Peter Parker, the guy who is Spider Man. He's black. There's no well, Peter his Parker. Name, right? He has a different. His name is Miles Morales. But the, but because there's a the bunch game, of different Spider Men, uh, one of the Spider Mens is Peter Parker. Actually, there's two Peter Parkers. It's very confusing, but I highly recommend the movie. The Michael Morales isn't a Mexican uh, Spider Man, and not. Well, in- you know when you're, you know sometimes mixed. you know sometimes people in New York City yeah you're like are you black or Puerto Rican or what I think it's kind of that situation yeah I think he's mixed wait uh, guy were you saying that you could play as Miles Morales in the game yeah you can oh wow that's that's uh that's pretty cool yeah. um so anyway we had a question we had a question for you is Santa considered to be the ultimate bear I. I guess he would be, wouldn't he? But I mean, are there like like the grandpa bear, like a grandpa bear, like he created all the other that, bears? Though. Santa's anti-Semitic, so I don't. Uh, Santa hates the Jews, I so he never comes around here. I don't really know much about Santa. <laughs> do 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 you know anyone who fetishizes Santa? I don't, but I'm sure there are lots of people. There's what color be. hanky would you wear if that was your thing? Green or red, of course. <laughs> Would Santa also be considered a queen due to his age? Would he be an old queen? Well, yeah, he would definitely be an old queen. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, uh, Guy, I was telling you about that that silicone balls sex cult. Yeah, I've never heard of silicone in the balls, man. You've never heard of saline? Yeah, so saline, saline's like the temporary thing. These guys were doing it where they were just making massive balls. It was fucked up. Why would you want massive balls? I don't know. <laughs> You've never met anyone that has massive balls. I've met. I met. I saw a guy at Folsom Street Fair that a little old man who had these massive fucking balls. And I'd seen it one time at IML at the bar, 
somebody injecting their balls full of saline, but I don't know why they do it. Hmm. It's frightening. Is it an S&M thing where it's supposed to be I like a is, pleasure yeah. pain thing? My guess is that, yeah, it is. Well, what I was wondering, do they have to have like a special pair of pants for these balls? Well, they have balls? to have a pants with a big crotch hole. <laughs> or just cut a hole in the front so your balls can hang out. You know, I don't think there are any women that really fetishize, like, you know, ba- large balls. Well, I don't think that they have balls to fetishize with. No, they but I mean... fetishize on other people's balls. You know, girl, you know, women do, like, you know... Big balls. Large, well, no, they're like big dicks. They're like large dicks. But I don't think I've ever met a woman that's like, God, I love your balls. They're huge. Have you, uh, I'm sure Steel? there are. There has to be. Steel, have you ever ran into any women? Like, did your ex-wife... Sure Steel has. Did your ex-wife Steel's like balls? Uh, right? balls? Steel's all balls, right? What's that? I said you're all balls, right? No, well, I'm 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 small in every unit of the package. <laughs> I have a small penis, I have a small scrotum, I have small testicles, but I do lure some chicks in these days by telling them I'm I'm big in the pants. They think I'm talking about my dick or my balls. In fact, I'm talking about my prostate because it's enlarged. <laughs> so I am not not lying to them. I'm just not being completely forthright. You know what? It, it's it's still honest. You're still not lying. Yeah, good point. Oh, that yeah. that is a good thing. Do they stay after they find that out? Uh, no, they usually don't even go home with me from the bar. They're usually disgusted by something I say before it turns to two o'clock in the morning. So, what <laughs> <laughs> was the last time you got laid, Steel? Nobody cock blocks me better than me cock blocking myself. <laughs> you don't play hard to get. You play hard to want. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want. <laughs> So, uh, guy, what what goes on at the bar on uh, Christmas? Are you guys doing anything? Do you work on Christmas? Uh, what day is Christmas this year? I don't know. Monday? I think it's Wednesday. Yeah, what? I work. I'm guessing. So, wait, is it open on Christmas? Like, is it a busy yeah, night? Yeah, we're open every day. Wow, every, wow, that's crazy. You guys aren't even closed at all. So, is it only the Jewish bartenders that are, no, uh, that are bartending? Because I'm the only Jewish bartender there. Or you're the only one, so it's just... Uh, but so what goes on? Do you guys do uh do you play like uh Ethel Merman show Christmas tunes? music? Is it all show tunes? It's all show tunes on Wednesday. <laughs> you were telling we me Well you were telling me that you're no longer allowed to play porn. Well we no, we don't play porn. What happened with that? I thought you used to have like uh We used to have like softcore porn, but nobody bought you know, people didn't want it. It was dish. We have themes every night. We have themes every night, we're packed, so porn didn't really draw them all in. So does that disappoint we show, you? Like, we couldn't show like real porn. We had to show softcore porn, which is like naked guys frolicking around. <laughs> Was it like frat guys playing basketball or something? Yeah, you know, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so does it disappoint you that this new generation of uh, gay guys are not into porn? Like in public? I am ashamed. I'm ashamed of them. <laughs> <laughs> I always have porn playing on one TV in my house at least. Well, dude, you're, you have a massive TV. That's like going to a porn movie theater. Like, do you, do you like, like being in the porn? Hey, Jeffrey. <laughs> yes. I was wondering, because, you know, you have a certain style, <laughs> but maybe it could be updated. If we tried to get, like, Queer Eye to come and, like, just be, like, have Queer Eye for the queer guy, would you be up for being on that show? Like, they'd come <laughs> over and clean up your apartment and maybe get you some new clothes. Dude, and... I think if they came in my apartment, they would just turn around and leave. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like, "Oh God, no!" And they'd be like, "Oh no, uh, uh-uh. uh." <laughs> Would they leave you some candles or something? 
they might just for the stench. I don't know. <laughs> you, know you know what I love about uh, Jeffrey's apartment? Because I haven't been in your apartment for a while. And when nice. I was in there, it's like a museum of all those retarded gifts I've bought you over the years. Yeah, I know. I've got all of you guys, your crap all over my apartments. <laughs> he, See, he, I, don't, I don't re-gift my gifts that you give me, and I don't sell them to other people. <laughs> <laughs> I put them on display prominently in my apartment. So, so Wackerly, do you remember this? You might remember this from the old apartment. I think Jeffrey still has a still has a grudge about this. A, like one of his friends moved into this like SOH's apartment that died, and you and he got this like what was it like a book? Sh- it was like a magazine, magazine rack. rack of like these two like it was from like the fifties or something, but just like two. I don't know, like mustachioed gay men just at a fireplace with their, you know, just kind of in their, and you could put your Bath magazines robing. in it. Yeah, in their, in their bathrobes, and like there was like a magazine rack. Is there, I, he gave it to me. It was big, too. The I mean, thing it was I've like, ever seen. Do you remember this, Wackerly? Do, do you remember seeing that? It's a magazine rack? I'm, I'm having a hard time understanding what you're even describing. It. I think you sold it before he had a chance to see it. No, it was in, it was in the old Sick and Wrong studio in the Tenderloin for a while. Not a while, maybe uh, a few uh, weeks. But then I put it on Craigslist just to see if it was an antique. And yeah, I started getting emails from all these guys being like, oh my God. You said it was Liberace's. <laughs> yeah, I did say it was Liberace's. It was recovered from like Liberace's house. Yeah, I got like, <laughs> I got a hundred bucks. And so I sold it. And he's still upset about that. Yeah, I can't believe you sold that thing. <laughs> well, yeah, it's quite rude I to sell a gift that love. somebody gives you. <laughs> yeah. It's not like you Tacky. bought it. Like someone Tacky. gave it to you. I bought it. I, I paid for it with blood, sweat, and tears. <laughs> but if you go into Jeffrey's house, you see all the gifts I bought him over the years. I think my favorite is that, uh, what is it, like a tissue dispenser? Yeah, it's like a, it's like a Kleenex dispenser, but it's, it's like in, coming out of the asshole. So it's mm. like a man's buttocks raised in the air with Kleenex coming out of the asshole and, his, and yes. the, the balls right underneath and the, and the dick. I get the most compliments on that. <laughs> And you do you still have that that uh, that rooster right that that I, I think no we that to... broke oh you broke the cock yeah no that was on my table of cocks but it's gone now mm. <laughs> oh, yeah you have a whole table of cocks whoa you have a table of cocks I had a table of cocks yeah and the rooster was a prominent cock on there but uh... it's so fantastic <laughs> wait are these are these like human cocks or just rooster cocks like roosters? no they're human cocks but the rooster was a cock as well. Okay. So it's a double entendre there. You have the rooster. Yes, this is very clever. I, I you know, I have to admit. <laughs> so the table of cocks have like an array of sizes and colors. Oh, you know, and... they do. Yeah, <laughs> a multitude of colors and <laughs> sizes and textures and. Yep. Are, they're all brown now. Are yeah, I was about to say, are these dildos <laughs> or are these actual like but, pieces you know, of they're art? They're all brown now, but they were great. They weren't when I got them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I remember that. It, it is kind of, it, I don't know. You know, it made me feel bad for selling that gift because. It should. <laughs> well, you know, most. Of, anything ever again. Well, other than the cash you give me, most of the things are, uh, you know, not something I'd ever want. But, um, but that well, one. Yeah, but you, that's the whole point. <laughs> you know, the, the girl. I'm going to start giving gifts to Wackerly now. Yeah, well, you probably should. No, I'm I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> I think no, Wackerly no, would love that. You, Wackerly, as a matter of principle. You know, Jeffrey's got an eye for interior decoration. To to hang out with Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, when we were coming to the bar last weekend, uh, Wackerly left abruptly. Actually, um, 
Uh, before... do, you, do we want to go here? <laughs> he left abruptly. D, D shows up. Everybody expects, well, anybody of the Scott family to be like an hour, hour and a half late. D shows up three no and a half way. hours late. I wasn't from when he three... told multiple people he was going to meet us all in Oakland. So no, yeah, I showed up. He's doing his hair, believe it or not. I showed up like no, two yeah, hours. He tries on like fifteen different T-shirts, uh-huh. looking up in the mirror before he, he leaves. Pose in the mirror, yeah, yeah, yep, yep. I we showed up two hours I late. Myself. Two hours. It was like we were there by ten. It was not two hours. Well, we, we weren't supposed to be there till you're, eight. You're talking about two hours from the updated time after you texted, but the original time was seven. No, yeah. Uh, yeah. those guys were getting there at seven because they were eating dinner. I said I was going to be there after eight, but no. whatever. Regardless, you missed Jeffrey. History. You missed Jeffrey, and the and the only reason Jeffrey wanted to go, and when I said I was like, "Hey, Wackley's going to be there," he's like, "Well, is Wayne coming?" And I'm like, "No, it's a bar." Well, I like Wayne. <laughs> And then yeah, he was like, well, I'm not going. I'm like, okay. You can come over here anytime and hang out with Wayne. Yeah, I'll come hang out with Wayne. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll come over there. You should. Uh, I was thinking about moving into that little sub-basement thing you have there. Well, the rent's about $2,000 a month. So. <laughs> Probably less than I'm paying now. Security deposit and some preferences. Maybe you Much could have Jeffrey live now. in the garage, like Boner from Growing Pains. Remember? Yeah, no, I remember. Will you call me Boner if I move in there? No. <laughs> Will you allow him to bring his table of cocks? <laughs> I'll bring whatever he wants. Table, let me tell you that. <laughs> We're going to put blackout curtains up That'll so there's the house. nobody has to see it. <laughs> so no one can see it. <laughs> How's Bay City Steel? Uh, same as always. Yeah. It's a real bitch. Yeah. Not, nothing ever changes there? No, well, except for uh, there's one less person here now. Why is that? Oh, yeah. Well, the failed murder suicide. We have one less. Oh, resident. I heard about that. Oh, Jer's uncle. Yeah. yeah, Big Jer's uncle. Yeah, Big Jer's uncle. No shit. Hey, Steele, yeah. is uh, Ace Adult Bookstore still there? Uh, that's the one downtown, correct? I think so. so. Cin- yeah. Uh, Cinemar is no longer there. That's the That was the main one on, uh, you know, the drag by the bridge. I believe adult uh, or uh, adult bookstore is sure, Ace Adult. Porno. Which one? Yeah, Ace I'm pretty sure it's still there. Well, yeah, what was the title? You bought your first porn there, you said? Yeah, my first gay porno I bought there. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was much more... I mean, they had straight shit in there, too, but it was much more leaning towards the gay porn. Uh, I bought a videotape there, and I went and told the guys, well, that's this is, this is not... It's a joke, because it's for my friend, because he's not gay. It's gay, but he's not gay. And the guy's like, I don't give a fuck. 1999. <laughs> yeah, well, you're selling okay. the product. You don't want somebody's life story. Just buy the fucking thing or don't. I ran home and watched it and prayed feverishly that the fucking power didn't go out, but I have to get rid of the VCR. <laughs> that would have been amazing if the rabbi... Yeah, I, tell mom and dad, I'm like, I think there saw some black guys in the corner. I think they probably took it. <laughs> it's like, how did this get in here? Yeah, that, that would be that would have been amazing. Sure, it's still open, because I caters to it's it caters much more to the gay community than straight community and i'm pretty sure that it's still open it's kind of tucked away on that side street so it's not uh there's really nothing else on that street other than the, the ace adult book <laughs> i'm trying to think of who it was you went to high school with that uh when he after high school he became a cop and the, i guess what they do to all the rookies i don't know if it's like a hazing thing you gotta you had to go into ace adult bookstore and bust people masturbating in the like a theater yeah. Do they have a theater there? Uh, I they don't do. They, do they? I, 
<laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> I've only been there like twice, and we weren't in there very long because it was uh, it was all I remember is a lot smaller than Cinema Art. It was like you got in there, it was pretty cramped in the front, and then I know they had a big doll, like a they had like a life size mannequin with a huge dick and wearing leather in the back of the store, and I think it was, was beyond. <laughs> <laughs> was like, he was like the, uh, the really slow. then because he was standing completely still, but uh, more props to him if it was an actual person. <laughs> what about cinema art, though? Do, that place, I recall, did have kind of a big like sex toy area, but then they had like those booths that you go in and put quarters into. The peep booths, you put the, it was like an arcade. You'd go to the peep booths, and they had probably 12 peep booths. And yeah, you dropped money in, and you just went through slideshows and watched various different porn scenes. And you could, you know, the timer, the, it was on a timer. Like, you got like 45 seconds for a nickel or whatever it was. And you just kept feeding the machine because you were done masturbating because they had a tissue dispenser over to your right. For a nickel, how long ago did you go there? Like 1936? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking nickel. <laughs> 1986 money, it was less than a candy bar at that point. <laughs> By the time you're done, you're paying like, you know, you're paying $3.50 or whatever because you got to keep feeding the machine. It's like a parking meter, you know, shuts off if you don't keep feeding the meter. Does it give you a warning, like a countdown? Yeah, there was like a thing that you five beep, beep, beep or whatever. And then, you, you know, you have time to reach in your pocket and get changed. But usually at that point, your pocket was down near your ankles because your pants were down there. <laughs> I wonder, yeah, I don't know. That I just remember that place smelled awful. And then one time we were there buying a gift for, uh, what was her name? I forget her name, but we were getting like a double-sided dildo or something. And out walked the principal. Her name was, her name was Jeffrey. <laughs> out walks the, the principal from our junior high, Mr. Malco. He just walks out of one of those booths, and we all busted out laughing. And then he just kind of turned—he just turned bright red because he was the principal at uh, what was that Kramer Junior High, Kramer, and yeah. uh, he just like immediately just left, and I, I was surprised. It was like old school. By the point we started going in the eighties, I, I think in the seventies they actually had cinema theater, theater seats in there. By the time because the, by the time we started going there, it was more home video was the thing. You go and you know bring the porn home to you on VHS or whatever. So by that point, they still had a small theater over there, but they just had regular seats in there, which took a little bit of the ambiance. Because when I'm watching porn in a theater, I want seat, theater seats just like a regular theater. But they still showed like every day. They still had a feature, you know, a feature porn that they would show on the screen, and you could go in there. But it was a smaller screen. It wasn't as big as a regular movie theater. You know but, what, Jeffrey? Uh, with your big TV that you have now, you should just start I a. In my house, yeah. You should make a little extra money because I mean, San Francisco is one of the most expensive cities in the world. You can make I a little extra cash just letting people come in and start in my house. Yeah, have a quick wink. Idea. I mean, I currently let them all do it for free now, <laughs> <laughs> but I guess I could try and charge. Yeah, you should. You should totally charge. Make some money. Anyway. Yeah, um, I like the way you think, guy. <laughs> we got to wrap this up. Wackley's got a holiday party to go to. All right, I'll be over later today to play with Wayne. Um, we might need a chaperone. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> you can chaperone us. <laughs> Don't re-gift the anus tissue dispenser to Wackerly for Christmas. Oh, I wouldn't re-gift that tissue dispenser. That's a vital part of my uh, ambiance in my home. It is, it is pretty good. Well, it's like it, tissues out of there. It fits with the cocktail. Oh, the cocktail's gone. But uh, yeah, I get tissues out of there. 
Um, we got to get going here. Sick Wrong Song of the Week is uh, Christmas at Kmart by Root Boy Slim and the Sex Change Band. You guys ever heard of that, that song? No, I haven't. They sound... Uh... Remarkable. It's actually a really catchy song. This uh, this came out in '78. This guy got a two hundred fifty thousand dollar record contract from Warner uh, because of this song. So we're gonna end the show here with "Christmas at Kmart" by Root Boy Slim and the Sex Change Band. Hey, thank you, Seal Wackerly and Jeffrey, for being on the Holiday Show. It's always great to catch up with you guys. Have a happy holiday. Merry uh, Christmas and uh, Happy New Year, Steel. I'm assuming you're probably going to be watching Bronson movies. You got it. Every year, New Year's, or New Year's like Eve, Christmas. <laughs> yeah, hey, if I was in I can watch Bronson movies with you. Yeah, there you go. If you're a Bronson fan, you're in. Spend Christmas in Bay City with you. <laughs> that sounds like a good idea. Uh, people will be back next week with uh, episode 668. Uh, it'll be the first show of 2019. Until then, take it sleazy. All good right, night. Bye. Ho, ho, ho. Hey, Santa, I hear you just got in from San Jose. Got a little trouble out that way But I got a song that'll pick up your spirits the most Goes kind of like this Christmas at Kmart All over the store Christmas at Kmart Christmas at Kmart People are buying Just a little bit more Christmas at Kmart Christmas at Kmart So if you're still shopping With money to spend by Root Boy Slim Christmas at Kmart Christmas at Kmart The mood ring counter is all aglow Christmas at Kmart Christmas at Kmart When Root Boy starts here's a Christmas show Christmas at Kmart Christmas at Kmart Why no sleep on the hot air grill Chicago, wishing you a happy new year in 2008.